burn it down. Let's to get burn. the good guy to set fire to his house. Let's get the good guy to burn down <laughs> the most popular thing that we've got in the company at the moment. Maybe that'll get him cheered. Welcome to Neutral Wrestling. We're here today, this week with myself, the great Danny. <laughs> not the great Danny from Preston. He doesn't want to be referred to as the Lancashire Lip. And the even greater, Joseph. Joseph, I'll start with you because you're more sensible. How the hell are you this week? I'm all right, mate. Yes. Um... I'm good. Have you had any coffee-related incidents over the uh, course of the last few minutes? I don't drink coffee, mate. Um... No, what, really? No, I'm, I don't. I don't watch films, and I don't drink coffee, so I am my own. Do you drink tea? I do drink tea. Yeah. Well, Michael Owen doesn't Occasionally. drink tea. Yeah. Stop! Stop, stop saying you like Michael Owen. Nobody wants to be like Michael Owen. He's like he's no, all ability. He's a local. He's a local icon. Don't call Michael Owen. Nobody in Chester likes him. How do you know? I speak to people. I'm well connected. Uh, moving on. So, Dan, how are you, mate? Have you had any coffee-related incidents? Yeah, it's all mopped up now. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm really good. Well, I've had a bit of a, a bit of a bad day, but oh well, life goes on, doesn't it? Um, so just just to recap before the podcast started, you were taking the piss out of me, and then you were laughing so much you spilled your coffee on yourself and your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all right now. Just yeah. thought we'd get that out. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Danny, are you going to tell them what we've been up to since the last podcast? Tokyo is no more. What are we? What have we decided to do instead, thanks to a great bargain price? We've decided that we're going to get progress season tickets, me and you, and we are going to enjoy all that JJG Partners has in store for us. I'd sooner have a season ticket at Bloomfield Road. <laughs> For all you non-football listeners, that's Blackpool. Right. Um, what have we done? We have, after discussing, after having a discussion on WhatsApp to say that we're not going to Tokyo, we're not going to WrestleMania, and then we both started talking about what we'll miss about WrestleMania. And then within... About an hour, we were both looking for flights um, to WrestleMania. Um, we are going to be heading over to Tampa Bay, Bay Bay. Can't believe none of you joined in. And uh, it's not me, though. Oh, no, no, I forgot you. I'm, not, you I'm thought... not one of these guys who stands in the wrestling queues. You know, you're them dickheads who'll just randomly shout, I don't call, baby. I just think you, dickhead. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the well, other night, Danny, you messaged me saying, "Are you going to WrestleMania?" And I think I was just—I was watching UFC from um, the week before. Actually, I was watching. No, I, was, I tell you what, I was watching. I had X Factor on. 
but I'll see what this celebrity bollocks is, right? Oh, I'm watching... shame on you. Shame on you. It's international weekend. What else am I going to do, right? So I'm sat there listening to it. And then you was like, oh, well, I really, I'm really going to miss going. I really like being there and stuff. And I'd already decided not to go. And I thought, poor Danny, he really likes to go. So I'm sending you voice clips saying, do you know what, Danny? Forget it. Forget money. Forget anything. Just go. If that's what you really want to do, you love wrestling. It's not just about WrestleMania. There's loads of other shows. Go. Life's too short. You could be dead this time next year. Go. And in that process, I sort of talked myself into going. And then you <laughs> messaged me saying apparently flights are below 300 quid to Tampa. So I thought that can't be true. So then I looked and then I thought, do you know what? I might be dead in a year. So I might as well go myself. So yeah, we're all going to Tampa. In a lovely you know hotel. <laughs> do you know, no, don't ixnay on the fucking hotel at the moment. Um, Joe, do you know what he's just described to you there? Do you realise how many times that he told me that I could be dead next year? Yeah. He really, like it was two or three times. Do you know what I mean? You could get it by a you could walk out the door and get it by a bus. Could be an articulate lorry in the next few minutes. Honest to God, mate, he was wishing death on me like you've never, never heard before. But no, that's that. If I ever have a decision, a big decision, that's usually I think. Well, I could be dead this time next year, so I started looking at quotes for life insurance as well. But that's another issue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Joseph, what's been happening with you, mate? International weekend, but not for Chester, I believe. Yeah, played away on Saturday, um, and then. It's progress Sunday, watching wrestling back at work. Nothing so exciting. How did you get on, Joe, uh, Saturday? Um, 2 2. Where that. at? Uh, King's Lane. They're third in the league, we're second, so. Right. I'm glad you've just said that, right? How? I've been meaning to ask you this. How are King's Lynn in the conference north? They're down south near Cambridge, aren't they? Yeah, it's. it's um, I think we've got. Woking is yeah, it's the um the quality is a lot more teams down south than the you know better quality teams down south than there is up north. So every year you find teams getting moved from the north to the uh, south and vice versa. Every season there's like um, a change up of teams. Um, yeah, so we're we're playing. Um, I'm trying to think. We've had Nuneaton in the league. We've had um. Geisley, uh, Black, you know, so it's um, the Geisley up north, aren't they, Leeds? But, yeah, near Leeds. Yeah. Um, uh. yeah, so it's, I think because of the quality of teams in the south, you, you two, they tend to, I think they used to be three leagues years ago. Um, it's in a, it's a, it's a north and the south now. It used to be three leagues. It got, uh, two, so three leagues got split into, or divided into two leagues and then, by that nature, they're just more southern teams than northern teams, so we end up with two yeah. or three teams. But yeah, it's it's very boring, so I won't bore you with that. But yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be in this league anyway. I know um, anyone who might not be familiar with Chester. Well, um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll always keep a lookout for Chester because the Joes team, in the same way, I always keep a lookout for the scores for North End because they're your team. Um, but. What I was going to say was, if anyone's seen the Salford City documentary, the um, the thing, well, class of 92, um, the two managers that took over um, 
It's jo- uh, Bernard and Jono, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Bernard Morley and Anthony Johnson. Yeah, and they've they actually took over Chester after uh, finishing at Salford, didn't they? And they're quite, they're quite a pair of characters by the sounds of things. Yeah, well, he won the league at Salford and got sacked. Um, and the timing was perfect for us because I believe we were looking at appointing Neil Redfern. Oh. Um, yeah, so we dodged a massive bullet and a breath of fresh air at our club. Um, last year was probably one of the best teams we had. Finished seventh or eight, just outside, three points off the playoffs. But this year we just looked really good. And we've got a big game against York in two weeks, which is first versus second. So big season for us. How is Chester versus York a conference north match? That was like a League yeah. Two game about like ten years yeah. ago, something fifteen years ago. Oh madness! Well, listen, we'll have to move off the uh, the conference north talk. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, do we have we'll, to? Well, we we, we probably should um, unless we do like a, a neutral football uh, spin off. How's um, progress? How was progress on Sunday? You both went to progress. Yeah, you messaged me saying five star match or whatever with uh Cara Noir. I listened to uh what's your mate called? He's got the podcast there, uh, Spotlight. Um I know. Yeah, yeah. He was saying uh, that it was like that was a good match, but the show itself was like pretty he didn't recommend well, to watch it on VOD. Well you've got to remember about Benno is that I think, you know, he get when he gets down on a product. I think uh, it can affect his view of the whole product, and I think we're all a little bit guilty of that. Um, but there was two very good matches here, um, and a couple of not so bad matches. Listen, I think what we've got to remember a lot of the times when we're when we're reviewing match matches is not every match is a main event in the, in the Tokyo Dome. You know, we, we've got to, we've got to actually keep a realistic point of view here and not let every match be the best match because it can't be. Uh, but I, I've got to be honest with you the, the the whole the day as a whole started out with meeting Joe um, in the station. A few drinks went and met our friend Kurt and his friend Scott, and then one of the girls, Natalie, um, and then Carl turned up, and it was. It was a really good day. A few good drinks in uh, Grand Central, which is a decent place. And Joe went to his favourite, favourite place in Manchester, didn't you? Oh, yeah, Archie's. Can't beat an Archie's. <laughs> Archie's is like the best takeaway joint. Uh, it comes comes highly recommended. And they've got and, uh, like a restaurant-style one down the road in Manchester. They've got one in Liverpool. Awesome stuff. And um, what did you treat yourself to, big lad? Um, I got a chicken deluxe and a, a just a regular cheeseburger, I think. <laughs> Which uh, that in my pocket for like yeah, 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 of course you did. Of course you did. Um, we headed over there, and there's a different setup now to uh, to the Ritz. Um, the few of the bars have been changed around where the merch stand is. Um, the merch stand is now right by where we stand, which is in the corner by the stage. Um, Kurt was very, very happy with this, wasn't he? Yeah, he loves his T-shirts. Uh, Dan Kate is the world's worst for buying merch. Um, and he, he told me off because he's been listening to the podcast and he hasn't been mentioned for a while. So I, I feel like I had to get him in. But literally any piece of merch that's put out by any wrestling company, Kate buys it. Well, I'm yeah, a bit like, like, 
you need to get the t-shirts, you know, from the events that you go to. Even though oh, even no. I never wear them. No, these aren't <laughs> event specific. It's um, any shirt, it'll, it'll buy. Oh, so just any shirt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, literally. I mean, he's got, you know, his dressing gown. It's a Ric Flair robe dressing gown that he paid <laughs> 70 quid for. And he, he struts about. On, tonight, for Kurt, is Wine and Whiskey Wednesday. Um, it's his weekly thing to get him through the uh, middle of the week uh, in work. Speaking of which, I've just opened the can. Um, and yeah, so he'll be strutting around in his Ric Flair dressing gown. Um, but he's one of the nicest boys you'll ever wish to meet. Um, we started with this one, Joe, and it was um, a really good tag team match to, to open, wasn't it? And I'd never heard of this um, this pretty deadly team, and they defeated the uh, the Young Guns. Uh, what did you think of this one, Macy? Mate, I loved it. Um, I'm the same. I've never seen any of them, and I recognise the Young Guns from working crew at Burgess shows in the past, but. They were kids, weren't they? I think I don't know how old they are, but they can't be older than twenty. But yeah, it's one of, it was probably one of the best openers I've seen in a long time. And it was honestly haven't done themselves any harm. Um, I think pretty deadly. Is it pretty deadly? Pretty gorgeous. Pretty handsome. They're, um I think they're NXT NXT UK guys. And, yeah. Um, the other two. Uh, the, was it you said they look like two Daniel Bryans and Brian Danielson uh, clones and it was um, yeah I thought it was a really really good opener really good match probably the second best match of the night I, I, I'd agree you're definitely second or third and Dan the, the obvious specifically this one lad um, he looked like um, the American Dragon Daniel Daniel Bryan um, say probably what 2007, 2008, um, yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit earlier, actually. Uh, but, but he wrestled like him as well, um, yeah, they're really, very, good, very, very good. So, a fantastic opener with four lads, four young lads. Who, innovation as well, and they deserved it. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they really did. Uh, it was back and forth, it was um. Flips, flops, but also some really good technical wrestling as well. Um, and a good psychology to the match and a good pacing for people so young as well, I think. Yeah, great double teams as well. I'm really, I mean, pretty de- I'm really impressed with them. Um, great double teams. I mean, you're saying the other team looked like young Daniel Bryan's, but it was a sort of like late 90s Edge and Christian Hardy Boys look about the other team. And I mean that as a compliment as well. And you know, two young, good-looking lads. Um, honestly, I think uh, people say that Leslie's dead, but I think he beg to differ when you watch a match like this. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Um, and that goes from one to another. We had the Proteus tag match between Paul Robinson defending oh, yeah. first time against Travis Banks. To me, this seemed like the only the only reason this match was taking place was to. Uh, Further the feud between TK and um, Trav. Um, TK comes in, pushes past me and Joe. He's lucky we didn't say him nasty um, to attack Travis at the end of the match. Yeah, it was fun. It was just a brawl, wasn't it? Um, you know, the old Travis Bank chair spots and Paul Robinson being his usual himself, and they got the ring mat off the apron. And yeah, it was a wild brawl. Um, thanks for the two. 
crew members that spoiled the match for us. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. we we stood there and these two crew members just come up and say, "Lads, do us a favour, just make a, a bit of an opening and uh, and move your coats." <laughs> I say, <laughs> we're stood in the corner. Fucking hell, lad. Sorry, Joe. Who were you expecting to come in? But he was stood there. He stood there. He was stood behind us. As soon as the match started, he was stood behind us and we're like, all right, so he's running in. But yeah, um, but like you said, it was a storyline match. Um, I didn't do uh, Travis Banks any favours and it's one of those, it's, it was a decent, half decent, entertaining match, but like you said, it was just a further feud between TK Cooper and Travis Banks. Right, well, I'm going to be no help on this one, mate, because uh, this was... This <laughs> it's was a woman match, match, Danny leaves. No, it's match number three. Um, so Danny was off to get drinks and have a smoke and have a piss. Um, so what a... Uh, Danny Luna with a, a shock victory over Tony Storm. It was all right, mate. It was... You didn't miss much. I, I, it's not... I always get the feeling Tony Storm's just turned up. Um, it was, I like, you know what, positive. I really like Danny Luna. It was the first time I've seen her um, live anyway. Um, yes, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's just, um, they don't do the women's division any favours, progress. And uh, it's one of them. I mean, Tony Storm's an argument for, I think, Bogus need to stop booking NXT UK guys. I think they need to move away from NXT UK talent. Uh, we we don't know what the situation. I mean, Dan, I think we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We don't know what the situation is with the other two, um, Glenn and um, John. Um, you've also got the what's his name, Matt? Is Matt Richards? I like him. He's he's coming in as creative partner of Progress. He's taken over the Tuesday Night Joe podcast, and he's also going to be the new ring announcer when Jim leaves. So we don't know whether the the two uh, Briley and um, and Glenn will be uh, will actually be still working with WWE if they're taking Jim Jim Smallman on as a full time role. Yeah, it's a are, bit um, clear what's happening, really, isn't it? Are they are they replacing uh, three part timers with one full timer? Um, is that something that, that they might be doing? What we have seen is a, an influx of uh, over the course of the last few months in progress. Not an influx is probably the wrong word, but certainly uh, a heightening profile of non WWE UK workers, and also bringing in the likes of Miko Satamora, um, LAX, Eddie Kingston, um, and Jordan Grace, Jonathan Gresham. These type of people. I know Gresham's been a standard. Fixture and Grace's, you know, his girlfriend. I can see why, but I, I think we, we were certainly seeing a, a, a turn in the tides. I'm hoping so, anyway, because we remember what progress was like when we when they could bring anyone in, and they they brought they used to bring in the very best imports and use them well. So let's hope that this is this is going to change. I don't know whether it will or not, though. Yeah, but the problem with the NXT UK guys is that like, the six matches we've seen, how many of them had like an angle going into it or built an angle from it? And it's just like these NXT UK guys are almost a detriment to the progress itself because 
they're just coming in and they're having matches for the sake of having matches. There's no angles, there's no storyline. Richard which, which Progress is like yeah. selling points. In the, you know, a few years ago, it's Progress was like, you know, the storyline promotion. Red Pro was the work rate promotion. And it's, um, yeah, it's just, I'd, I'd like to see less NXT you guys and see, you know, see the guys you've mentioned coming in. You've got Karen O'Rourke, you've got um, the Young Guns. I mean, there's a lot of guys you could use that aren't NXT UK talented, but. Danny Duggan, Scotty Davis, there's there's a, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we'll move on, mate, and I don't think we need to go much time on this. TK Cooper versus Big Wavy, Roy Johnson. Oh, Roy Johnson? What's he? Is he still in progress? He is, mate, yeah. Fucking hell. Go on. Yeah, there, wasn't, there wasn't much to this, was there? I mean, Dan's reaction is probably quite correct. Right, Johnson. Fuck. It just felt like a match to give TK a win, basically. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then we move on to what was without doubt the match of the night. Um, it was Ilya Dragunov versus Cara Noir. Um, really, really didn't like the fact that nobody laughed when I shouted, nice swan, lad, when Cara Noir came out. That did not do my mood very any very good at all. Um, but it was an absolutely fantastic match. The entrance from Cara Noir, I think, deserves a little mention. Um, seen him do it before um, I, when we went down when I went down to London with Matty. Um, I'm not completely over overjoyed of these, uh, you know, these flamboyant characters. Unless it's done right, I really think this is being done right. It's the Black Swan comes out to um, the the song from Swan Lake. Um, you, you know that 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 ever the, the the tie between the White Swan and the Black Swan, and I think it's just done so well, and he does it well as well. Yeah, I love the I love the whole act. I think the package is like the entrance is probably one of the best entrances I've seen. <laughs> You know, with the lighting and the music, and and I think he's got his act down to a T. Even when the ring, you know, the bell rings, he's just. And uh, I think there's a uniqueness about him which is is quite is lacking a lot in British Britless. I mean, you know, yeah. the characters and outlandish characters, and Dragonov as well, who's got all quirky personalities. You know, got these mannerisms that you don't see a lot. So it's just. Before the belly rang, it was like this is perfect, and um, yeah, I I can't praise this match enough. I loved it. I thought it was outstanding, spectacular, wonderful. It was just. I think great. It, it it finished with the um, torpedo Moscow with uh, an Ilya Dragunov win, um, but I think this actually outdone. Excuse the pun. Outdone the um, Carnoir versus Pete Dunne at uh, at the. The, the 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 Ali Pali show. Um, for me, it was a it was a better match. The and again because the it's a small building, it sound sounds so much better in in terms of the um the the atmosphere within the uh, within the arena. I thought it was just everyone was up on the feet enjoying this one chanting for one or the other, or in my case both. And it was a it was a great match to watch. Um. Highly recommend anyone go out the way to watch that if they've got progress on demand. Anything yeah, you want to add to that, Joe? 
yeah, like you said, the crowd was really into it. I think the opening match at the crowd, I think um, your second, third and fourth matches, you could hear, you know, chatter amongst everyone and everyone's doing the thing and catching up. But this match, it's just like straight from the entrances, crowd was engaged, it was engrossed, it was, everyone was chanting, standing ovation again at the end. It was just, yeah, it's probably, you know, one of the most enjoyable matches I've been able to witness live in a while. And it's just, it was perfect, you know, and that's what progress can do really well. And yeah. um, and I, I, I just love them to put a rocket on Cara Noir, just really get behind him. Because I think, mm. you know, they've got someone there and he's not restricted by an extra UK. So, you know, they, they could have him. He'll be next. Yeah, well, that's it, until he is signed up. But it'd be interesting. But until then, just strap a rocket to him. Yeah, I, he had a great match. That match we packed that he had was great in uh, Riptide. Yeah. Well, I'm going to move on um, again. I, I'll be honest with you, this main event after that match was a little bit of a, a little bit of a letdown for me. It was a good match. don't think it was a great match. I uh, didn't hear as much as I wanted to from Zach Gibson winding the crowd up, although he had a few moments on the mic. Um, Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis versus the Grizzle Jump Vets, Joe. It should have been main event. Um, it should have gone on before Kalanawar Dragonov. It was a perfectly decent main event. It was enjoyable. Um, I've got my opinion on Jack Gibson. I don't. I think he's wasted in a tag team. Um, I think Jordan Devlin is wasted in the NXT UK. Um, I think Scotty Davis is definitely one for the future. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think James Jakes, who many effects. Yeah, I didn't mention him for a reason. Yeah, I think um, he's there to make up the numbers, isn't he? Um, in, in many respects, he can be quite comedic, though. Um, give him his due. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot to thank Zach Gibson for. He is. He yeah. owes him a pint. <laughs> he owes him a pint. Um, just to finish off, there was. At the very, very start, there was an appearance by Progress champion Eddie Dennis. Eddie Dennis of NXT UK, um, which he, he 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 tore the crowd into pieces. He was <laughs> funny. Um, I've I've got to give him a. He, he was he was funny. Took the piss out of the crowd. He actually said he was, like, he's a heel. He's a heel champion, and he's making the crowd laugh. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it whatsoever. The crowd should have been on him. You know. Booing him, everything he I, said got over, and everything he said got the crowd laughing. And it was just like, you know, I heel think champion. that's for the crowd to blame for that. Oh, yeah, what but, he was saying yeah. was heel things. Yeah, but it's designed to get a laugh. You know, you, you, you don't say those things. Don't come out making jokes. Don't come out. You know, what did he say? Like it. uh, it's just usual uh, heel stuff, wasn't it? Um, Ripping into David Starr, ripping into Walter. But in I think the thing, the thing way, was, didn't he, he pick someone out of the crowd who cried yeah. or something when um, when he yeah. decided? And he said, some people here, even you've got you in the palm of my hands, some people even cried when I retired and looked straight at this lad and everyone must have known him. And they all, all the crowd then started laughing and taking the piss. Um, shouting Eddie, 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 and it was just, just a bizarre. I just thought it was a really weird, bizarre promo, and I just thought, yeah, I, I, I could, we could have gone it a, about it a lot differently. Maybe get Mark Andrews out there, and 
Yeah, it was just it felt like a anti heel promo. It, it just it didn't didn't go down well for me personally. What he did do at the end was he was started probably too too little too late, but he started having to go David Starr calling him a pseudo intellectual leftist and all, all this um, unionized um, stuff. Um, so I don't know whether we're going to see a return of David Starr to, to face uh, Eddie Dennis or whether it's going to be something else. Um, either way, that was progress. And uh, afterwards, Joe pissed off and I got more and more drunk. Um, I did not and- piss off. I was sat, I was stood outside the O2 Ritz for you with Carl for about 10, 15 minutes. I drank it and told them I was already on my way. So you can blame Kurt. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but you said Joe got smashed after it. No, no, I got smashed. Joe didn't. Oh. Joe doesn't drink. Oh, right. So, yeah. Um, then uh, we're going to move on, boys, because that was progress. I thought it was a pretty decent show. What yeah, I, think... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. It wasn't, you know, if I was going to rank the show the been to, progress shows, it probably wouldn't. It was probably one of the poorer shows. Yeah, but had a, a day out. It was I enjoyed it. great day out. What I'd also say is Dan uh, loves his, obviously loves his wrestling and he always wants more. And I think part of his frustration with progress is he, he sort of come in and saw a lot of the, the really top stuff the progress did. Um, and and Brit Res as a, as a whole. But when uh, I'm not sound like to sound like the miserable old git here, but I am a miserable old git. When you, me and Joe have been in like Stockport Guildhall, um, and the only a lot of the time the only decent match you would see you would see a load of local guys, and then you would see Davy Richards versus Jack Gallagher. There wasn't more than two big matches on the card, and a lot of it was drill. Um, I think. You know, you you probably signed me out on that, wouldn't you, Joe? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but you know, he got progress, repro, ICW. They kind of took themselves to another level um, beyond the what you'd get on normally on a rest show would be like a card of your local guys, and then you'd get your import versus your top local guy. Um, it's moved on a lot from then, but it's. I mean, I'm going to go on a bit of man man, but he's just, you know, WWE, best to, you know, this whole NXT UK relationship, and it's not worked out for the best. And I, I think the quality of British shows have gone down. We've missed, we've gone past the boom now. Yeah, they what? have gone past them, but they're still up there, aren't they? Compared to what it used to be. Yeah, you can look at, I mean, progress put on that, that Ali Pali show. I watched that on demand. Um, and it was a, you know, a really good show from beginning to end. You see quite good show, uh, Pro putting on really good shows. Uh, Red Pro, when they've got the New Japan guys over, do put on really good shows. So it's, it's, yeah. it's still some, it's still plenty to go and watch. Yes, that's it. Well, we're going to move on now, and we're going to go into the lo- lovely world of WWE. Um, this week, after the Helen the Cell debacle, shall we call it, uh, Seth Rollins put, has been putting out some tweets defending 
the creative, should we say? Was it the, I don't know whether it was the creative or the actual um, actions in the ring. Dan, could you fill us in a bit more on this one, mate? Yeah, he's just going on in it like he usually does. He's sort of someone who has sort of destroyed his goodwill and his reputation, I think, with like fans on social media anyway. Like, he's just, like, first with the Will Ospreay stuff, then with the John Moxley stuff. He even realised that he's a dick on Twitter himself, because if you remember, he deleted it for a week, like, two weeks ago. Then he comes back, and he's uh, he's just, he's, like, having a go. Basically, he's saying that maybe if the referee had stopped The Undertaker in the Mick Foley match, that maybe they'd got, they'd get a couple more years out of the career and stuff. And it's just, seriously, mate, you, you're the... You're supposed to be the top babyface in the company. Just, just, just give it a rest. Do you know what I mean? If, like, if if I was the top babyface in WWE, I wouldn't give some of my opinions on Twitter because I know that they're not popular. Yeah. So yeah, you're saying you're saying you're not the babyface on this show. Yeah. So with that said, if you're being branded as the top babyface and you know that your opinion isn't really like, do you know what I mean? You're not like celebrating everything and everything's marvellous and what oh what a great time it is to be alive then if you actually have an opinion like some some people do just just don't give it on twitter do you know what i mean just just rein it in a little bit mate especially at this time when you've just basically given the worst main event in uh wwe history so yeah seth rollins just just get off twitter hashtag seth rollins off twitter we'd have been th- thinking we'd be talking like this about seth rollins after the after some of Will Ospreay's antics on Twitter, Will um, Ospreay is the baby face in all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news on Twitter, the Undertaker has been spotted in a <laughs> fucking Nando's in Glasgow. The poor bastard who left him on Glasgow in Glasgow on his own. Uh, I I jest, of course, one of my favourite cities. Um, but we, uh, Joe, I mean, is this a case of? It was admirable at first. Uh, me and Dan had a conversation where we said, was it admirable that he stuck up for his company when they were under fire from New Japan and they were under fire from a, a new AEW about to debut? Is it is this to the point where he's fighting a battle that doesn't need to be fought? Yeah, to be honest, I don't care about him. Um, just a bad shill. Um, and he's, he's doing my- company guy and um yeah just turn off your twitter just i mean from seeing the reactions online from his dark match when he got booed out of the building it's almost beyond repair at the minute but wwe won't turn him heel anytime soon so it's just at the top who's just going to get booed every time he comes out and he'll carry on on twitter because he's a corporate stooge yeah um he's just, I can't stand him to be honest. <laughs> uh, I can't. I mean, it's just one of them. I, I, he's good. He can be great in the ring, but just can't stand it. Like you said, all the stuff he's just coming up with on Twitter, it's just not doing himself any favors. And I, I don't. I think the booze aren't coming from aren't a hundred percent from what happened at Hell in a Cell. I think a lot of it is from the way he's behaving on Twitter. I just think people have had enough of him. I think um, if you ever watch, and it's quite an interesting. I like some of these little programs on the network, and it's that um, the Inked Superstar Inc. show that Corey Graves done. 
And um, he spoke to him about his tattoo. Um, and he was talking about um, when he was a young boy, he was he was very he, he enveloped himself in books because he didn't really get on with people. And then he, that he was quite a loner, and he was a loner in the NXT locker room. Do you think this is a lack of guidance from some? You know, we talked about him maybe be putting himself in the position of a locker room leader, but you know, it doesn't seem that he's had the correct guidance to to actually front that locker room, does it? He couldn't lead a dog to a lamppost. Um, he, Danny, he's just right. But you were talking about. I thought you was going to say something. Did you see the documentary that they did when he was making his return? Um, judge, not Judgment Day, whatever they call the May pay-per-view. It was 2016. He'd been out with that knee injury, and then he came back and he attacked Roman Reigns. He was out for about nine months with a knee injury. No, I, right. I, can't, I can't recall it. Right. So anyway, so they did a documentary, and I'm sat there, yeah, and I thought, he's doing this documentary, right? He's got a dog, yeah, right? And he's eating some cereal, right? The dog? No, Seth Rollins. I still, I, I, the fact I can still remember it just shows that I just thought, what? Right, so he's eating this cereal, yeah? Maybe there's some dog lovers out there who are going to think that I'm being a bit wrong here, right? But he's eating this cereal, and then he goes to his dog. Do you know to let the dog have some? So the dog starts licking the milk out of this dish, yeah? So I thought, oh, he must have finished with it. And then Seth Rollins carries on eating it. So he's just let his dog eat out of well, his cereal and then he's carrying on eating it. He's clearly no fucking undertaker then. If he's letting his dog eat his fucking cereal, he's no locker room leader. What a twat. <laughs> I just what an thought, absolute twat. You've got Hulk Hogan, do you know what I mean? You've got Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair up to God knows what in the 80s and 90s. Fast forward 20 years and the locker room leader of 2019 sharing a bowl of cereal with his chihuahua. And I just thought, <laughs> Jesus... We 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 really have plummeted, but I'd I'd have had a bit more respect for him. Who is like a German Shepherd, or um, <laughs> you, you know, um, I need to find know. this this video and get it on Twitter. But yeah, back back to all seriousness though, right? <laughs> so this angle on Monday night, right? So we did the podcast last week. The way you recover from this, you just don't mention it again. You just forget about it. And I thought they'd done that by not mentioning. Uh, Rollins and Bray on Raw. They just basically didn't like talk about it. Since we did that podcast on Friday, we had Bray Wyatt try and pull Seth Rollins through the ring. They then announced a rematch in cra- at Crown Jewel, <laughs> right? And then, and then on, Mon- on Monday, the most over thing in WWE. Hmm, Vince is sat there, right? How do we get this Seth Rollins guy over? Hmm, what we'll do? The most over thing in the company at the moment. This. I don't know this. What what's it called? That 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 house that Bray Wyatt's got, Firefly Funhouse, whatever that bollocks is. Sorry, right? Whatever that is, yeah. So what? Did, oh, let's get Seth Rollins to go in there and set it on fire. Let's get Seth. The guy who was trying to become it. To <laughs> let's burn. get the good guy to set fire to his house. Let's get the good guy to burn down <laughs> the most popular thing that we've got in the company at the moment. Maybe that'll get him cheered. And no, and then I bet Vince is sat there thinking. Why are they booing him? Why? Honestly, honestly, Vince McMahon, just go, just go away, mate. You, 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 just, you oh, whatever. He is gone. He's an idiot. 
Right. Seriously, before we start talking about Sonata, at least give me five minutes. So go on. Right. Okay. So um, the the next the next topic of conversation, well, got two. I want to throw one in there that I've just thought of. Um, Tyson Fury. Reportedly earning fifteen million for this WWE stint. Well, that's one five million. Is this money? It's got to be coming at the request. This appearance and this money has got to be coming at the request of the Saudi Sports Authority. Yeah, this guy's got to be on it. Do you know what I mean? Vince McMahon probably don't even know who Tyson Fury is. Do you know what I mean? Saudi Arabia requested him. But every credit to him. But the one thing, yeah, Tyson, I'm not a boxing fan, really. Do you know what I mean? To me, it's a bit too scripted for my liking. But anyway, boxing, right? Tyson Fury is one of the most charismatic men. I'm not into boxing, but I know who Tyson Fury is. Tyson Fury's fighting, I'll watch him because I like him, yeah? He's like there singing in the ring to his wife after he beat, uh, is it Klitschko? He's singing in the ring to his wife. Klitschko's just sat there like, what's this guy doing? Do you know what I mean? I like Tyson Fury, yeah? And then he goes to WWE. He's in their ring. And he comes out to some, like, donk music. He's sat there trying to snap a pen. He's reading a scripted promo. And it's like, he's just another guy. How have you made Tyson Fury just another guy? That's it. If they can't get Tyson Fury over, how are they going to get anyone in NXT over? Do you know what I mean? And the thing, us English people, we know, do you know what I mean? Over, if they did this angle over here, it'd be a lot more over because Tyson Fury is like, I don't know, he's probably one of the most well-known sportsmen in the country over here, isn't he? And then yeah, you, watch him on, you watch him on Raw and it's like they don't have a clue who he is. I think as soon as people walk into that WWE building, the life just gets sucked out of them. They can't <laughs> react to anything. It's like, look at AEW, yeah? The atmosphere, except for dog. The atmosphere for the show last week is bouncing, yeah? It's a great atmosphere. And then you go to a WWE arena. Even when we go to these Raws after Mania these days, Danny, the atmosphere is not quite what it was. It's like as soon as you get in that building, you see that that big screen. You see the horrible logos. You see Michael Cole at ringside. You've got, what is it, Greg Hamilton coming out. You just think, what am I doing here? And I think, I, I don't know. Joe, Joe? you haven't fallen asleep there, have you, mate? <laughs> Joe! <laughs> I'm just going uh, to entertain my mate. I'm the same with Danny. I, I'm going, I don't watch boxing. I'm not a fan. Um, I know Tyson Fury is. I, I actually assumed it was uh, Fox that might have been behind the deal with them wanting a sports and orientated TV show, but I couldn't care less, to be honest. You can spend as much as you want. Well, I think, like, I've got to be honest with you. I, I agree with you, about, with Dan, especially about boxing. It's very scripted. And these fucking gullible Mark boxing fans don't even realise it's fake. Um, but Tyson, on a, on a serious point, I've enjoyed boxing as a casual fan. Certainly not as any experts, and I do love watching the heavyweight division. For me, Tyson Fury comes across as a nice guy, especially since this battle with mental health issues. He's done a lot for the communities, and he's sponsored little sports teams and stuff like that. He's come across great, but I think he is cringe whenever he speaks. I think he's proper cringe. Yeah, well, maybe maybe so, to, to each their own. But 
when he speaks in in WWE, he, he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have the there's no fire. He's speaking like he's speaking when it's boxing, and I I think you're a nice man, but I'm gonna have to knock you out. Yeah, everything um, everything in WWE is micromanaged down to a T. So yeah, nothing nothing off the fly, nothing's you know ad lived. Everything is micromanaged. It's sanitized product, and you know, even Tyson Fury, even I know he's got a personality, he's got charisma, yeah, that some people enjoy. But I haven't seen any of him in WWE. But from what I've uh, heard and read, it's just that, uh, yeah, it's, it's how to bring WWE. that out, isn't it? How to bring that out, and he's so um, charismatic. I think he's from Morecambe, anyway. So I was sat there at home, and my mate messages me. Like oh, back in the day, our like local pub was the Withy Trees. Withy Trees in Preston. If you know it, you know it, right? And uh, so my mate, he loves it. He, he like loved going in there. Get a message from him. It was like a Tuesday night. I think it might have been around the time of Euro 2016. Just a few weeks before, something like that. Anyway, messages me. You're not going to believe this. I was like, what are you going? Tyson Fury's in the Withy's buying everyone pints. He smashed. <laughs> so this word gets out on like Facebook, Tyson Fury's in Withy Trees. So before you know it, every man and his dog from Preston's heading towards Withy Trees, getting a pint bought from by Tyson Fury. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was when he was really on the lowest of his lows, wasn't it? When he was going out and getting smashed and going to the Euros and buying everyone shots. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Enough of that anyway. We've got some more great news from the WWE. Um, it seems that um, Mike, I'm not calling him Mike Canales, Mike Bennett has Ugh. requested his release. Um, before we go into that, I watched him uh, through ROH um, when he was part of the Kingdom um, with Adam Cole. And he looked like the next big thing to me. I've got to be honest, I thought he was going to be a, a big noise in the uh, in the wrestling industry. Um, and it just it just hasn't happened. Um, Joe, what were your thoughts? Were you as high on him as I was, or were you a little bit a little less a little less of a little bit less? I thought he was shit. Um, even. Um, <laughs> When he first came to our age, it was like this, it was. It came in about 2011 when Sinclair first bought the company, and Jim and it was like a massive influence in Jim Cornette. We had guys like Mark Bennett and uh, Mike Bennett. We had uh, like QT Martial and uh, Tadarius Thomas, and it, it was just you know, typical Southern type wrestlers. And he just, I mean, he probably had more of a. Um, like vocal you know he's more of a personality but I've never liked him in Ring of Honor never liked him in TNA um, I actually thought he's actually probably perfect for WWE because around that time that was the type of person they would look for that cookie cutter you know cookie good looking lad I mean he used to have a head of hair back then but I couldn't get a toss mate mm-hmm. <laughs> you know okay. I was never a fan in Ring of Honor never a fan um, and I don't think he's ever done anything in WWE. I mean, he's got a five-year contract, so that sounds like he's probably naive more than anything to think that he'd do anything within five years. So mm. he'll probably end up back in Ring of Honor. 
No, I'd hope that he wouldn't end up back in Ring of Honor. Uh, Dan, you went on quite an impassioned um, trail in defence of WWE on this point uh, during the week. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you, your thoughts were on this? Would you not want him back in Ring of Honor, Danny? No, not now. Why? Not since, to be honest, not since the TNA run. Um, it was... I think I was I I enjoyed what was probably some good booking with him and Adam Cole, um, but that's that's just my opinion on it. Um, the um, you as I say, you went through some quite impassioned defence of WWE uh, on this issue during the week. Do you want to just go through that again? Did I? You did. You said there's the uh, Mike Bennett had asked for his release after. WWE have been quite loyal to him in terms of his behaviour, his relationship status, you know, what, his me? family. That weren't me. Didn't you say that uh, after the, they've paid for him to like go on drug rehabilitation? No, no, that weren't me. Someone else put that is in. Not the, the thing is, Danny, this is, Mike Bennett is an example of WWE wanting every talent possible under their, you know, umbrella. <laughs> Um, they signed him to stop him from going anywhere else. Um, and it's just, you know, he's one of those guys that... It's, 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 it's quite well, lesson, well, really. I mean, he's got well, a hot white and that's it. I can't I comment on him, right, because I've not seen him... I've not seen him as much as you two have, right? So I've only really seen his WWE stuff, Right. But to me, yeah, he signs this five-year... I hear everywhere. I don't really can't comment on his as the wrestler, but I'm talking about as the person, right? So he has signed this five-year contract in June. And all I'm reading on Twitter is he signed it, He signed the five-year contract. It, it, it was his own bed. He's got a light in it now. Blah, 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 right? But yet again, the same sort of people who are all saying this, yeah, the same sort of people who will say wrestlers are just interested in the paycheck... Why don't wrestlers actually fight for themselves and say, no, I'm not going to do that? Do you know what I mean? What, like, fight for themselves. They believe in themselves, right? Mike Bennett signed that contract, yeah, at a time where he just found out probably that he was going to have his second child, yeah? So I'm going to say something that I think a lot of people are pussyfooting around here. Um, I'm reading between the lines and I might be wrong. I think, bear in mind, Maria hasn't requested a release, yeah? She's putting feelers out there. She wants to stay with WWE, yeah? I think he's getting it in one ear off her. She's going, no, you need to stay in WWE. You're having another kid now. This is not the time to go out on the indies and try and, like, prove yourself as a wrestler. It's not all about you now. You've got kids to think of, yeah? So he's sat there thinking, yeah, I'm having another kid. The missus wants to stay in WWE. Do you know what? I'm going to be the grown-up here. I'll sign the contract. I'll stay there, yeah? And then he's had a few months of it. He's probably had air in his ear and he's thought, do you know what? I believe in myself. I'm going to go out there and I believe in my ability. So I'm going to go out there and I want to prove to everyone that I'm not some joke that WWE are making me out to be. So for that, I give him credit. But I think he made that decision to sign the five-year contract because he knew that he was having another kid. And he's thinking, do you know what I mean? Two kids, a nice five-year contract. The missus is chirping up in my ear so yeah i'm gonna sign it because if you remember when he, re he requested his release in like march 
And then it all got shut down. Maria was replying to people on Twitter saying, no, 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 no. We don't want to leave. We're happy. So I feel like, good on you, Mike Canellis. Get rid of her. I- I'm not a fan of Maria at all. I'm going to be honest. But you're still calling her Mike Canellis. Well, um, I didn't watch him in <laughs> TNA or whatever. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. All right, calm down. Cool your jets, kid. Um, right, okay, so that seems to have... Is there anything else that one uh, wants to pick up on WWE before we move on? Yeah, the draft was shit. Oh, yes, it was, wasn't it? Christ. I've just... Uh, I've been keeping keeping an eye on the... Uh, they've just swapped a load of jobbers over, haven't they? Yeah, it's just... It, 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 do you know what? I thought I'd take a bit of... Because I'll be honest with you, breaking news, I don't like Vince McMahon. I thought I'd take joy in WWE being shit, but I don't. It's pretty sad to see. Because I genuinely think they're actually trying at the moment. And they still can't get anything right. You know, I used to think they just did all this bollocks because Vince is just playing with the fans. But I genuinely think they're actually sort of trying. And they still... Like, ugh. do you know what I mean? Uh, do you know what I mean? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. As if. Okay. Yeah, As I if. don't know. I feel a bit um, not sorry for him because, well, why Why would you feel sorry for him? But I don't know. It's just a shame. that I was watching. I was bored on Friday, Saturday night. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to just sit and watch a couple of hours on the network of all the Austin segments from 98, 99. And I'm watching these segments, and Vince is so good in his role on TV. Because I think, was it you two who was talking on the podcast last week about how good Vince was? And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go and watch it. So I watched loads of Austin stuff, and I just thought, why? Why is it so bad now? But for, there you go. For, for me, best heel in the business. Um, he was amazing. In the, I was watching him, Danny. He just, he, he's brilliant. And that's for coming from me. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, an underwhelming draft, and it's sad because I remember the first draft and and the second as well, um, and they were big events. Uh, it was done well, um, and you look at how popular in American sports the draft days are. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying do a whole show just just about the draft and have no rest and the way that the American sports do, but certainly filter it in in your segments over the show and have that as a running theme. Um, we talked about running themes in AEW and a story of the night. Well, that's your ideal start-off point to do that, if WWE wanted to go that way. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to have to bow down a little bit here, gents, and I'm going to have to bow down to your knowledge because I've been a very lazy boy and I haven't watched King of Pro Wrestling yet. I've seen the results, and I'm going to pass it over to Dan to take us through. Obviously, try and involve Joe a little bit. I think uh, me and you have had the uh, good passage of conversation recently. Yeah, so how come you didn't watch it, Danny? Time. Oh, is that what it was? I just I didn't know. Yeah, I know. You, wa- you, wa- you, watched, you watched the AEW Dark, didn't you? Did you, did yeah, you watch I, it? I like, I, like to watch, I like to watch a show. Um, I'm not always fussed about watching individual matches. Um, no matter how good they are, I like I like to watch the show as a whole, and I'll get round to it. Well, they wasn't very good anyway. Flipping out. Yeah. I don't know, Joe. Did you like King of Pro Wrestling? I, I uh, thought it was I'll, all I'll right. Be honest, it was all right. I I didn't watch it all. I I kind of picked a few matches. Um, I think I started off with uh, like 
Mrs. Suzuki. Uh, um, I didn't bother with the tag team matches before that. No, neither. That, I loved. I thought Liger and Suzuki was brilliant. Um, I love uh, Keith and Liger, but it's um, it was a, it was an all right show. Um, probably only recommend two matches, maybe. Um, I haven't bothered with the main event yet. Yeah, don't bother. I just seen it. I seen how long was left. And I was like, oh, fuck that. no. It was. It was one of it's like you said the Suzuki Liger match, right? But Danny, you're not avoiding spoilers, are you? No, no. I've seen. I've seen the results. I just so, so be, in, be, be a bit of a shit podcast. I didn't want to know the spoilers. <laughs> so <laughs> so had a match. So <laughs> Suzuki wins, yeah, and they sort of just like. It ended. It blew off the Suzuki Liger stuff, and I thought I thought we was gonna get Kishin Liger against Suzuki at Wrestle Kingdom. So it was a bit like, why? Do you know what I mean? I he didn't wrestle as Kishin Liger. I think this was a blow off, um, and we're gonna get Liger getting. I think he'd been announced for an eight man tag for one yeah. night at Wrestle Kingdom. Basically, a lot of the uh, legends, and then. I believe that maybe night two probably get him in his last match maybe against I don't know Tanahashi or someone. But yeah, I, I did like the with the chair. But yeah, um, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Enjoy it. Yeah, I really liked the match. I was just I do you know what I mean. I wasn't preparing myself yeah, for a blow off. You do feel like they could have probably got like a real good little feud out of this. But yeah, I think I mean there's rumours about when Suzuki leaving. I don't know. They're saying after Wrestle Kingdom, they thought that after oh, Wrestle right. Kingdom he was going to leave, and then after his final match with Liger. But they've been building this Liger Suzuki match since like March and April, so to just blow it off at Kings of Pro Wrestling, like what? So you just randomly throw together a Liger match for January the fifth? Just I don't know. I was expecting. I don't know. But yeah, I was a bit surprised. It, it was a great moment at the end where Suzuki bows down to him. But I thought that's what would happen at Wrestle Kingdom. But, yeah, I think we, you're probably going to get more of the proper farewell matches um, away from a, a storyline. And like I said, we've got the eight-man tag. Is that night one? And then whatever is happening night two. Um, and then I think after that, it was uh, Osprey um, ELP, was it? Yeah, Osprey ELP. I, I love this match. I thought it was great. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Osprey, best in the world. You know, he shows it all the time. I probably wasn't high on it as... I mean, I've seen people giving it close to five stars. Um, I think after the interference, it probably went a bit overboard with the near falls. But before that, there's the um, stuff with the balcony and the stuff with the uh, Juicy Gambino. Um, yeah, it's really good storytelling and there's some really good spots, but it probably went maybe a bit too long for me. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be honest, I loved it. But I think I think in we had like a Liger Suzuki match was sort of the match that you'd show to say do you know what I mean? Say like people who like old school style of wrestling, you know, yeah. like without loads of false finishes. So mm-hmm. that's that match sort of catered to that audience. You know the sort of people who like they don't want people kicking yeah, out of finishes. And then this match was it just it was a twenty nineteen match. If if you don't like a Will Ospreay match, you're probably not gonna like this one. But Danny, it was a bit like his match with a kid that you hated. So I'm not sure if you'd like it. Oh, I don't know. That wasn't. Uh, it, 
Yeah, okay. That I thought that match was very busy. It didn't flow well. Um, but what I will say is um, how good, I mean, how much has DLP come on over the last couple, last two years? Oh, he, he's been great. The last year, I've seen so many of these matches, and he's just, he's gone on to another level since he joined New Japan as well. I think they really, really helped him. Um, but he was getting good. I always thought he was all right in the British wrestling scene, but a lot of people didn't really like him. But I used to see him at Fight Club Pro all the time. Like, he always impressed me. Well, I think I don't think it, it was... It wasn't that they didn't like him. I think they expected more of him. Um, he, and he never really surpassed that. But as I say, over these last two years, you've just seen him grow and grow. Not only as... as a technician, but also as a character as well. Yeah. But next, Danny, you, Lance Archer, new United States champion. That made me uh, smile. Yeah. To be honest with you, I was actually, this was one of the matches I looked at because I saw Ambrose go, Ambrose fucking hell. I've been calling him Moxley for years. Um, Moxley couldn't make. And Juice Robinson versus uh, Lance Archer, especially after his performance in Dallas. I just I thought that's one match I want to actually see. Was it it's, a good match? Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. It's, it's just it's just um, just a clusterfuck, really. Just throwing two air. It was just a wild match, and, it was, and I really enjoyed it for what it was. But see, for me, they went a bit overboard, you know, with the weapons. I, I don't know. Yeah, why. See, I like that on the show when, like, when you, like you just said, you just have like your classic. Yeah, I suppose, match, yeah, and then you've gone for your two pounds. It was just something different, something. Because um, obviously you've got your Bushi match coming up and whatever. And I just thought it's just, it was almost like a nice breakaway from what we've got on the card so far. And I'm a big fan of Archer. And I, I just like the, the stuff, you know, the choke slam and the, the chairs. I just enjoy it. It's just a good, fun match to watch in between, you know, two like longer matches. Yeah, I, I, it, it was a good match. Just, I don't know. I. I... I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so then next we had Evil against Ibushi. Did you, you caught that match? Yes, I watched. I didn't mind it actually. Um, it took a while to get going, but I think once you got into like the final stretch, um, like Ibushi's on another level anyway. So, um, and Evil, I, th- I think Ibushi got a decent match out of him. But I mean, it, it was always a foregone conclusion that. Ibushi was going to win, but I, I, for what it, you know, like I said, it was a bit slow at the beginning, uh, and that's down to Evil. But once Ibushi got, you know, his comeback onto it, and it started picking up, um, you know, they had the chair, the baseball slide spot, um, really brutal. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good match. I think my problem was I'd watched the G1 match, and the G1 match that they had were probably one of my favourite matches of the G1. So I thought, oh, semi-main event, one of the biggest shows of the year, they're going to go out there and give us, like, Thing a classic. Is, be, yeah, they shouldn't be putting Evil in, like... No. It was about 30, it felt like about 30 minutes, but Evil didn't belong in matches that long. No. And then, I, you've not watched the main event? No, I haven't. Oh, seriously. I was, I was dying to message people who'd watched it, but no one else had watched it and saying... How long is the main event so I can just watch the last 10 minutes? Because Sam I... Nanda. Sam Nanda. Uh, Sorry. Seriously, the guy... Uh, I, don't... 
I, I don't know what to say. I, I think people, I see people on Twitter like, oh, Sonada's great. Oh, he's great. Nobody ever tells me why. What, what, why is he great? What, what? He's boring. He's dull. Yeah. He's over in Japan. That's the only thing he's got going for him. He, some of his matches are just that stupid submission that he's got. It, I just look at his face and I just think, you're boring. I, I really, I've said it before, it, it'd be like my worst nightmare being in a pub with him sat across from me with a pint. I just, I, oh, I, it's just, just everything. He just doesn't connect with me at all. He, he's boring. He, he like, yeah, he'll have good matches, yeah. It's good wrestling. But I hear people say, oh, this was a four-star match. It, it was a four-star match, but it, it was pretty boring. It was a good match, though. But it was boring to watch. To me, can you have a good match if it's boring to watch? 37 minutes. 37 minutes watching. I just didn't need it. Sonata in a 47-minute match. Danny, we've seen... Me and you reviewed Wrestling Don Taku in April or May. And the main event was Okada versus Sonata. They main evented another pay-per-view. They had a 30-minute G1 match. And now... Kings of Pro Wrestling, do we really need Evil and Sonada? And I don't mind Evil anymore. Evil and Sonada in the semi and then the main event. No wonder the crowd didn't care because they knew that Okada and Ibushi were going to win. This guy is... But do you know who he reminds me of, Danny? Right? Do you remember at, uh, at Everton? You're going to remember him, obviously. You know Ross Barkley? Sonada is the Ross Barkley of the wrestling world. Everyone in his local thing thinks, oh, he's going to be a good player. He's going to get be a big player. He gets that push, that big move to Chelsea, and guess what? He's shit. Ah, uh, to be fair, he was shit at Everton. Yeah, well, there you go. Sonata's shit in New Japan. So, yeah, he's the Ross Barkley for me. Ross Barkley, <laughs> he reminds me, I'll tell you what, it's a bit harsh on Ross Barkley. He's more Francis Jeffers as Danny Kadamatri. The fox in the box. Fox in the box in New Japan. Oh, I, think, just... I think you're way. I think you're way off here, Zan. I think you're out of order. No, you're else. just gonna come so, up here and wind me up, are you? Oh, I so, like Sonada. He's good. Fuck so perform- performance of the night then it goes to Sonada. Is that what you're saying? No, no. Seriously, he bores me to tears. And the worst thing is, the worst thing is. Remember, you heard it here first. I guarantee, in the next eighteen months, Sonada will be the IWGP champion. You can tell with the story that they're building that he loses every match to Okada. It wouldn't surprise me. Do you know what? Because we're not going to Wrestle Kingdom this year, I'm debating booking a flight in April. And I just know that Okada and Sonada is going to main event at Wrestle Kingdom. That is going to be a main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Okada, Sonada, with Sonada getting his big win. I can see it. With the Paradise Lock. Oh, see, I swear to God, if I go to Japan and Sonada wins the title in the main event, oh. right? Okay, well, I'm gonna um, give you abuse because if we'd have gone to this year's one, I wouldn't be going to next year's one. Well, you can do do what you want. Um, it's down to yourself. Um, so between this and a uh, Banter Baz versus Shorty Gable, which one would you prefer to watch again? I'd sooner watch Baron Corbin. For 10 hours on repeat than watch Sonada versus anyone. He is overrated. He seriously is. Baron Corbin, I don't, I, Baron I don't Corbin dis- is my dis- <laughs> I don't I don't disagree with you about Sonada. I think he is he's he, he's loved by 
a certain section. Well, not even a certain section, Joe. Was it? I mean, it was you. You brought the, the, those stats to um, to us, saying that he's the fourth most popular wrestler in Japan. I was um, that podcast on I, Sunbed, and when I heard that stat, I went straight up to the bar and got an all-inclusive beer, and that's a true story. I was sat so, there on my deck chair listening to that episode, and when I heard that stat, I was like, "What?" Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, some some of the um, news out, out of Japan this week, a lot of rumours circulating on two fronts. Um, you were talking before about Suzuki, who is a uh, who is very much admired and who is, is an admirer of William Regal. Um, and there is talk of a new uh, Japan NXT and. I think WWE have got a couple of big shows coming up over there as well. Um, NXT Japan, boys, are they going to kill the Japanese scene like they've killed the British scene? No, because the Japanese are as weak as us English. It'll roll over, let our bellies get tickled, and just put up with it. The Japanese will not put up with it. I think the Japanese have had... Some very strong companies um, over the, uh, historically. New Japan is leading the way at the moment, but well, that, obviously that wasn't always the way. Um, I certainly don't think the impact they'd have is anything like. I think it would be a failed project ultimately because I don't think the people would accept it. Um, Joe? Yeah, well, I heard, um, I think I read that they, they actually tried to buy Noah. Um, that got turned down. Yeah. So I think you haven't got, I mean, you haven't got companies in Japan that at the top level that are going to roll over, like New Japan, All Japan, Noah, Dragon Gate. They're not going to roll over to WWE. Yeah. They might have a working relationship, but they're not going to sell their soul like Progress and ICW have done. So it's, I, they're probably, you know, at best, it'll probably be uh, like a hub, like a training school. Um, where they'll source talent and they'll train talent over there and maybe, but I don't think you're going to get an NXT Japan brand as such. No, uh, I agree. Um, the the other um, the other point was, uh, which I'd heard earlier today, big talk, and I think this is what Dave Meltzer was alluding to, that New Japan is buying stardom um, to have a ready-made women's... Um, Women's division in the same way that I think UFC did with Invicta. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I've watched, I haven't watched Stardom shows. I've watched matches from Stardom, and I think the the fact that it has its own identity is quite important. Um, If New Japan do buy it, I'd hope they'd run it as a separate entity rather than. Um, to mix it in with the, the, the shows that they're currently having. One of you has got to jump in on this, boys. Nah, I've never seen Stardom, so I've got no opinion, to be honest, mate. Nah, I watched that documentary um, on Stardom, but yeah, I've tried watching it. It's just there's too much to watch, isn't there? Um, yeah, 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 you've got too much. It, it, they should, I, don't, I think it would be a decent idea if they did buy do you know what I mean, Stardom? But I'm not sure if that will happen. But uh, well, I, I think all, all, all Japan did it a couple. Uh, I, I don't know whether they bought it, but they had their own promotion that was just uh, just women. And it was kind of at the explosion of the Joshi um, 
you know, the, the popularity in Joshi at the time. So I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to see. I haven't got all the facts on that one, so excuse the um, excuse the very vague uh, update. Omega Janela, have you watched it? I have. I watched it literally before I come on this podcast. Um, now, bear in mind, I don't get on Twitter a lot. And when I am, I'm mostly posting things that I've thought myself or that it's regarding the podcast. So I believe there's been a big, de- quite a big deal made out of this match. Is that right? A big buzz, a real big buzz about it. I've been looking forward to it all week. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I I watched it um, very much in the same way that Joe's just spoke about um, Juice Robinson and Lance Archer. I when I watched it, I thought, you know what? It's quite a fun match to watch. Pace was a little slow. Um, yeah, a good a, a good fun match, but that was I it, said, wasn't it? I, I, thought don't it was, I thought it was too long, to be honest. I thought it was a long match. Yeah, that, that's why I like said 10-12 minutes easy. Um, crowd was dead. I mean, you stick that on a pay-per-view, 15 minutes, it be, would be a completely different match. I mean, no, I, I, wouldn't agree, in it, but... I wouldn't agree the crowd was dead, I think. What? They were. Hang on, hang on, let me validate that, Joe. It, Dan, when you watch the show, they were just tranquilized. What what I'm saying is, when you watch the show, AW Dark, they were completely dead at the start. There was no waking them up. Even the um, the the eight man tag, um, they were they were quiet throughout. Um, And this was the only match that actually got any reaction whatsoever. And they're all waiting for. AWTV to start and this actually brought them out the show. You can see from about halfway through the match that a lot of the crowd was standing up in the uh, on the floor space and that continued to the end of the match. Um, so I don't think it was dead. They certainly brought the crowd up to what to what they were at the start. Now think about that as bringing them up halfway so that they're actually kind of interested and then all of a sudden boom the pilot is going to go on and the tv show is going to start and we talk about bringing a crowd up that's certainly what i think happened it was like weatherspoons on a tuesday morning that's what that crowd were like it was just do you not accept the point that i've just made no because i only watched the main event so i wouldn't know oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> But yeah, no, so I know what you it, mean. I, I watched Dark last week and the crowd were dead because, the, as I say, it's filmed after the TV. But do you know what I mean? I'm hearing, if I'm I'm hearing all week, oh, this match is great. Oh, it was great. So I'm thinking, well, it, do you know what? It was like watching, Danny, a 205 Live really good main event. That's what it was like watching. I think, Pete, it was other matches where people, you know, like sometimes there's the match that isn't televised and it's not live. So it like, oh, you need to watch that match. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't sometimes like those matches get overhyped. Like the uh, the Osprey Amazing Red match. That wasn't like televised, was it, until a few weeks after. And all I have was, oh, it's this classic match. It was good, but a classic, it was not. But, yeah. I, I, I think, I think it, uh, at the end of the day, if something's been hyped up for you and you, you've been told 
that it's going to be this excellent match, then it's easy to get disappointed. Um, but that I didn't have that. Disappointed. Because of all the shit you've just given her. I'm um, just stating what I watched. I wasn't disappointed or anything. I just thought, do you know what I mean? It was, eh, it was all right. Yeah, but you, you were disappointed in comparison to when people are telling you that it's such a good match and they're raving about it. I mean, that's that's your main point. Yeah, I'm I mean, the crowd were terrible. That 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 wasn't your main point. That when you when you started talking about the match, you were saying, "Oh, and these people have been going on saying it's the greatest match in the world." That's how you started going going into this. You then later picked up on the crowd when I said that it was brought up. So. What I'm trying to say is I never had the expectation going in that this was going to be a fabulous match because I haven't seen the hype on Twitter. Yeah, if you just like watched on not expecting to be like, if you saw Kenny Omega, Joey Janela, you'd, you'd probably watch it and think, well, I got 26 minutes out of that. I thought maybe it would only be a 10-minute, I don't know, exactly. Sunday night heat match. So, yeah, I can understand from your point of view why you would have enjoyed it more so than me and Joe, who have, like, had a lot of hype, heard of heard a lot of hype going into it. So, yeah, yeah it, it was good. Do you know what I mean? It was a good match, but I don't know. No worries at all. Well, we will. What I'll look to is there any quick tips at the end that you want to add here to this job? No, um, I'm looking forward to Dynamite tonight. Um, Jericho, Darby Allen would be great. I think, hopefully, um, but no. Um, I, personally, I don't think. AW needs a second show just yet, but that's just um, another point. I think um, they could probably keep some of these matches hidden. Mm. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I think the, the, they're probably just putting it out there because I think it's free, on, content, yeah, free so. on YouTube. I think more than anything, they're trying to get people ready for TV. Um, so the, the interview thing they did with the referee, Aubrey, I thought that was really good. Yeah, it was, it was actually. Dan, have you got anything you would like to end on? No, no not not much really. Um, are you staying up to watch Dynamite, Joe, or not? Um, well, I'm off tomorrow, so I'm planning on it. We'll see. I've been up since five, so we'll see. Oh, that is going to be a tough... be first thing. Be, I mean, sensibly, I should just watch it first thing in the morning. But That's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Like, I know I should really get up early and watch it in the morning, but sometimes when you're up, you just think, oh, God, I, I, I hate going to bed, so... Oh, I've just looked, me cat bought a new denim jacket for the weekend and my white cat is cuddled up sleeping on it. <laughs> what a nightmare. It was on this chair this that I'm Jimmy? sat on. Is oh. this Jimmy? No, it's uh, Molly. Uh, bloody hell. Right, well, on that bombshell, yeah. we will, <laughs> as Dan goes to get his jacket sorted, we will end this week's podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you give us a like, if you can subscribe, and if you give us a review, that would be fantastic. This is Danny signing off. Say goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Joe. Go say goodbye, Dan. <laughs> goodbye, Dan. Bye bye. Oh, yeah, yeah. See you later. Sorry, I'm just trying to move this cat. Fuck the cat. So, right, I can't wait to talk about this Sonata match. It's, it's pissed me off all day. Right, okay, we'll get into it uh, when we get into it then. Okay. Good morning. Right. Good evening.
<laughs> Wherever you may be. Go on. You finished? Yeah, sorry, I've just started my coffee. Yeah, you know, you've done the 12 <laughs> Oh, I've just laughed and it's landed all over. Oh my god, I've spilled coffee all over my laptop, two seconds. Are you aware with the uh, about what karma is? Well, I've just literally there's coffee all over my laptop. Give me two seconds. Luckily, there's a kitchen. Ugh. Two sets. Right, go on, go on. It's right. I'm just wiping my pants. It's like having a big stupid child, isn't it, Joe? <laughs> <laughs>